listening to cbjradio.com yet? It's a free internet radio station, brand new shows every day. Shows range from all rock shows, all independent shows, a hip-hop show, and a Friday night request show. Oh yeah, don't forget about Retro Saturday Nights. Make cbjradio.com the only internet radio station you listen to. Hello friends, how are you doing? I'm doing alright myself. I really thought the vaccines would be the end to COVID, at least in the United States, and us Americans would all be on board just so we could get back to going to businesses, everything open up, stop wearing masks, stop social distancing and such. But that's not the case. I know some states, like Wyoming, where I live, don't have any state health mandates in place at all right now. And we're averaging about 100 cases a day and a few more deaths since the mandates were lifted. Now, Wyoming doesn't have a big population, and it's spread out, so those numbers look low. But overall, we're about on par with other states right now. I'm fully vaccinated, and I would be totally okay with a vaccine passport just so I could enjoy local businesses, so I could travel, so I could go to venues, you know, concerts, sporting events and such safely and mask free. Now I know a vaccine passport would never happen in Wyoming. The governor already said so. But get this, I now have to show my ID to vote in Wyoming. And there hasn't been voter fraud in this state that I can remember. But 707 people have died from COVID in the last year. I thought we were pro-life state. All right, folks, it's just my ramblings. I'm not an expert, nor do I have to make decisions that determine what this state does. I just listen to the experts and do my part to end the pandemic. I hope you're doing yours as well. Now, today's guest, Dan Del Corio, or Milk, as some of you may know him as or only know him as. We do get into the origin of that nickname during the show, so keep listening. Get this, we didn't talk about COVID at all during the interview. I saw him a few weeks back, and we talked about it then, so I really didn't feel the urge to bring it up. Milk, he's lived a very interesting life. From growing up in Chicago, like in the city of Chicago, to becoming a wakeboarding Texan. Let's get to the interview. Good old Chi Town, um, yeah. the South Side. Uh, you know, I I get into this. Uh, it's funny because there's this thing about saying you're from Chicago, because anyone born in the state of Illinois is like, oh yeah, I'm from Chicago. Oh yeah. So um, you know, sometimes I get. Uh, it's like people try to pull your Chicago card. <laughs> so. Um, you know, I've had that happen to me a couple times and uh, a couple times it's gotten a little rowdy, um, but it's kind of a pride thing. But the way I explain my actual South Side Chicago uh, when I was born, where I was born and where I lived till I moved, um, the area code when I was growing up was 312. And so the area code of 312 right now is basically just the like immediate probably what they call the loop. Um, so, you know, I'm definitely a actual shy town, Chicago resident, not a suburb or anything like that. Not to, 
you know, downplay anybody. Uh, uh, they're from the suburb, but you know, Hey man, say you're from Homewood Flossmore or yeah. whatever. <laughs> but, uh, Oh, I hope Julian doesn't listen to this. I'm not calling you out skins. I love you, bro. <laughs> but yeah, no, just, uh, kind of give a little, uh, geographic understanding. I am actually from Chicago born and raised. Yeah. I was, I mean, I'm from the suburbs of Portland, Oregon, Gresham, Oregon, definitely a suburb. Um, I would never claim Portland, but people, when I say it, they're like Russia and I'm like Portland. Okay. Just <laughs> a little. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. That's, that's why I get it. Like I totally understand. Yeah. It's way more, it's way more easier to say I'm from Chicago than, Oh, I'm from Joliet. And people are yeah. like, where the hell is Joliet? It's like, Oh, well it's like 45 minutes Southwest of blah, blah, blah. blah. I get it. That's all good. Yeah. And the, or the moment I say I lived in New York, everyone's like city. And I'm like, Long Island, different, totally different. Like I didn't live in urban sprawl like that. I actually had trees and like had to drive and stuff. So it was different Long Island, but dealt with a lot of the city issues. But yeah, I have to be like, no, Long Island out there a little bit. I wish I lived in the city at one point in my life, but, and it's, and, and being a New York, former New Yorker, it's the only city in the world. Like that, you, you just, I haven't lived there in 18 years, but I still call it the city and I'll probably call it the island because they're, that's the New York mindset, the mentality of it's the only city and it's the only islands in the world. Like there are other great bigger cities and there are other islands, but that's a mindset the New Yorkers get. It's interesting. That yeah. So are your, are your parents native Illinoisans, Chicagoans? I don't know what they call Oh, man, that is a really good question, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, I hate to say this, but I'm kind of a little embarrassed that I don't actually know the, the true answer to that, but I'm almost certain they're, um, they're Chicago natives. Uh, there's never been, put it to you this way. There's, I've never heard like, Oh yeah, well your mom grew up, blah, blah, blah. Or your dad grew up, blah, blah, blah. So no, I'm, uh, I'm about 98% sure they were both, uh, I I'd be willing to bet they probably actually, yes, they were. Cause I am pretty sure they both went to like local grammar we call them grammar schools okay, up yeah. to the eight, eighth grade we don't have junior highs um and the, the local high schools so yeah man i'm pretty sure they're both uh pretty native actually to the same neighborhood i grew up in if i'm not mistaken and do you know how they met was it just in passing <laughs> chicago's a huge city <laughs> i know man and again i'm embarrassed <laughs> <laughs> happens these are all great questions yeah. i'm gonna need you to forward these questions so yeah, uh, I can try to find out the answers to them, but uh, man, I don't, I don't really know that. Yeah. My parents met in college in like central Washington. They're both from the state of Washington, but my mom had left and came back with a kid. She got married and came back. My mom's married three times, three different kids. Uh, and so um, my, they met at college after my dad had gone to Vietnam and everything it's funny because my dad will be like i didn't remember that much partying in college and i was like yeah because you had a mindset of i'm not going back to vietnam so you probably i didn't party and you were raising a daughter and then i came along once they moved to oregon yeah and i was like yeah you were in a different world than a lot of us went to college and did party our asses off doing college and so for sure like, yeah he's like i didn't Actually, remember all that much yeah i um my gut wants to tell me they were high school sweethearts oh that's cool that's right now. That's but because cool. i know they were i want to say they were relatively young when they had my sister 
um, cause I'm even six years younger than her. So, um, yeah, man, I, I want to say it was a high school deal, but and that's it, me. And that was like my next question. Sibling is, is your sister, your only sibling. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. me and uh older sister. Like I said, she's six years ahead of me. Um, so yeah, it's just us two. And they, they, uh, I, th- my parents actually got divorced when I was really young. So, okay. I mean, I honestly, I can't even, I don't have an actual memory of my father being in the house. It was always just my early, early memories that I can actually recall are my mom and my mom's mom, grandma. Um, So I have more like young, young uh, memories of my grandmother more so than I do my dad. Okay. So I, I know they were, I want to say, man, if I'm not mistaken, um, I want to say I was like two when they got divorced. So, um, you know, and it was instantly like one of those situations where it was just, you know, I was with uh, my mom and my grandma. I remember yeah. my, I'm God, I remember like my memory can pull up visions of making, I used to always wanted to make my grandma coffee. So I like learned, I learned how to run the the coffee machine real young, but that's, you know, that's, that's my early memories. So yeah, I'm in the same boat, got an older sister, six years older, got my parents got divorced when I was six. I do kind of remember my dad in the house. Um, I have a few scars on the back of my head from um, wrestling with him on the couch. And then I hit the back of my head on this wood coffee table. My mom still has. I hit it twice. <laughs> and so like I went to the emergency twice. It's broken my toe in high school football. Like that my senior year, I broke my toe on it. It's a devil table. I'll probably get it when my parents are gone. And I, it's, it's solid. It's just a solid, solid. Obviously, but it's still yeah. around. <laughs> yeah. And they got it refurbished. So it looks really nice, but it's in like their den in, in, in Vegas. And I walked into that room and I was like, <gasps> that thing, that uh. thing caused a lot of damage to me. But I, I, when my parents got divorced, I remember the fighting stopped, which was nice. And uh, now they've remarried to my step-parents, which I've known them with my step-parents longer than I've known them together. And yeah. so these marriages have worked. They make my parents great people. So I'm like, I got four parents. If you guys need parent advice, I got four parents that we love <laughs> to give it to you. I got it all. Yeah. And so, but with your sister, mine being six years older, I was constantly in her shadow growing up i don't know if that was the case with you bro yeah there you go <laughs> i used i still get teased about it i used to have to play barbies <laughs> yeah just so i could hang out you know yeah. what i'm saying so yeah. i mean i've there's pictures floating around when my sister would have friends over in order for me to hang out they i'd have to let them dress me up so i'd okay. be dressed yeah. up Barbies, all that's the jazz, man. So yeah, I was, uh, you know, that was, that was my social life. So hey, if I want to hang out, oh, hey, there's, she's got friends over too. Who are these girls? Yeah, oh, I got to dress up to hang. All right, cool. Whatever. <laughs> I had the large size uh, action figures of like Boba Fett, Han Solo, Chewbacca. And I'd have to get rescue missions to rescue him from the Barbie house. Because I'd be like, where's Han Solo? It always Han Solo would go missing because he most looked like the Barbies and stuff. And I'd be like, yeah. oh, he's in the Barbie stuff. Got to go get him. 
<laughs> I know there's definitely, definitely pictures of me dressed up as a girl. Yeah, uh, I, I can, I can recall that. Um, my sister was a cheerleader in high school. And so, yeah, she had her high school cheerleading friends over. That was cool. That was fun. But then she'd like show her dominance and would like throw me down and stuff. And that lasted about till sixth grade. And then yeah. when it was like an even, even battle. And then beyond that, I, no, it's not even fair anymore. Yeah. And like, I remember her coming to Laramie for, to get married when I was 18, strongest I've ever in my life. And she tries to throw me on the ground and I just laughed. And I grabbed her with my <laughs> weak arm, my right arm and threw her down. And I was like, payback's a bitch. Cause she used to hold me down, like drool on me, do the typewriter. She, <laughs> we were such, they're like, oh, you guys are such good brothers and sister combo out in public but behind the scenes she's whipping my ass yeah and so i never really forgot my revenge she was scared and uh i'm glad that you know i was nice enough and about it and she's about to get married so i didn't want to ruin that whole situation and, yeah and everything but yeah, i don't think I, I don't have any memories of my sister being too rowdy with me more yeah. just kind of power play type yeah. stuff oh, yeah you know what i mean yeah like <laughs> i was like this is how sad like i mean i should have cared more but she got in a car wreck, I was 17 or so. She was fine. The car was jacked up. But she had my Prince uh, 1999 tape in the car. And everything got stolen out of the car. And I was like, where's the tape? Where's the tape? I'm, I'm glad you're okay, but where's my tape? You know, and I was just, yeah. That's the kind of relationship we had about that. Like, I was glad she was okay and I knew she was okay. And I was like, oh, by the way. What happened to this tape? And so, yeah, I don't think she's had a valid excuse besides I wrecked it and, you know, didn't take the tapes when I left. And I mean, music was important to me. So, like, I was like, I would have grabbed that stuff and left. That'd been one thing people picked me up with, like, tape from my car. That is so, hysterical. No, I was busy, uh, you know, as my sister got into high school, she started partying a lot. Oh, yeah. And I, I hated it. And I would like, I'd find her drugs and her little paraphernalia and I would steal it and like oh, take it to the, take it to the trash can and go throw it in the trash can type stuff. Cause I was like, no, you're not going to do this. Oh, wow. So I was just, just, you know, I, I, you know, I don't even know if I ever told her that I got, <laughs> I got to bring that up with her one day, but like, Hey, you remember that one time she had this weird, it was like a mask, <laughs> like a, like, you know, those 3M masks that yeah. they sell. It was like one of those that had basically a bowl attached to it. Oh, damn. I'll never forget this, dude, because I found it and I was like, what the hell? So it was like this Bane from Batman mask yeah. with a bowl attached to it. And I found this thing and I was like, no. <laughs> and I remember I lived right around the corner from this big park. And I remember taking it to the park and like, I think I tried to, I probably ripped it apart and threw it in one of the trash cans. And yeah, so I got a, I got a reminder about one of those. Probably thought your parents found your mom found it, so she didn't say shit about it. <laughs> it was like, well, yeah, but she, you know, if she didn't get in trouble for it, you yeah. know what I mean? That's yeah. one of those, like, she's not going to say anything about it at all. Cause if yeah. she says anything to me, then I'm going to tell on her. So yeah. she's in this, like, oh <laughs> man, I got to do a better job about hiding my shit. <laughs> no doubt. My sister was the original rude. Uh, since we have the same last name. Uh, she had a coach that called her, we'll shorten it down from Flaskery to Rude. 
And so as I came up through the ranks, every teacher, oh my God, you're Rochelle's little brother. That's what I was forever. And yeah. then coach we had for football, she had for track. He was like, flash grade. Oh yeah, you're Rude's little brother. It was Rude's little brother. Now you're Rude. <laughs> and I didn't even take it with me when I moved to Wyoming. I was like, uh, it's organic. It kind of happens. Yeah, like, for sure. Last name. And yeah, it started back up when I was like sophomore in high school. It was just easier to say. Then flask root is like, Rude, that's easier. I'm going to call you that. And I'm like, yeah, it worked in Oregon. I never really said it worked anywhere else. I was like, yeah, that's cool with me. It's fine. Yeah. And it made, I, I tell her all the time, I'm like, you started it, but I made it famous. And she's like, right. Yeah. And so, but it was nice to get out of that shadow when, when I moved to Laramie, I didn't have to uh, deal that much anymore because nobody knew her because she didn't go to high school or anything like that or college here. So it was a fresh new start and I wasn't her little brother and, and school helped the most because she was a really excellent student and I was, did enough to get by, I think, yeah. sports and such. Uh, was the same way with your, your sister said a, a shadow like that. I know she started partying and that doesn't necessarily go with good grades all the time. Uh, well, A, we didn't go to the same high school. Ah. And then, you know, in grammar school being six years apart, I mean, God, I was in second grade when she was in eighth grade. Yeah. So, I mean, it was probably more her like, I don't, I can't remember if we used to go out on the playground at the same time. <laughs> But, you know, it was probably one of those, like, get out of here. Stop embarrassing me. That type of stuff. Yeah. That's, uh, I don't, that's, that's, that, that's a, that's a long ways away, man. I don't really have, uh, I, I, I can kind of like vividly remember being in the same school with her, but that's really about it. Did, like, what kind of activities were you, were you into besides playing Barbies with sis, just to kick yeah. You know, I mean, were you music, sport, Bro, Hot Wheels, Hot Wheels, Hot, we Hot Wheels? Yeah. Well, I mean, how how young are we talking? <laughs> I back. mean, hot, yeah, I mean, Hot Wheels were the jam. My uh, my neighbor uh, had like so between the houses where I grew up, we called them gangways, and so the gangway was only like I don't know five feet wide at the most. Oh. You know, so the, and the sidewalk is like two feet wide, whatever. And so there he had like his gangway, what wasn't sidewalk to the We had what we called side doors and then the sidewalk would carry on into the backyard. And right next to the sidewalk, uh, he had there was just dirt. And so it was like, man, we would make like these cities, all these roads and all kinds of crazy stuff. And it was like, yeah, man, the Hot Wheels were the jam um man we played obviously even growing up a little bit before that like big wheels it was oh, yeah. man we used to you know crush on the big wheels and then uh you know we kind of got into just you know regular bikes but man we would go everywhere we were big like the neighborhood was big into like we played a lot of like tag and freeze and kick the can kick oh, yeah. man we used to have these wild wild games um like two sides of the street like three quarters of the block like wow. they were i mean it was fun man we had this one kid danny herrera he was the ninja bro nobody could ever catch him nobody could, it was he was just like he could like jump over fences without even touching them and i'm man, bro we were climbing in trees we we're climbing on houses like it was <laughs> wild man it was you know it's just uh it's kind of trippy to 
to think about, you know, obviously, you know, there's always the, oh, the kids are always on the video game, the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I got to say, man, like our, our kick the cans and like those kind of games, man, they were something else. And, uh, yeah. Like I said, we had that park around the corner, you know, so then like, as we kind of grew up, I was a big hooper. Um, so we were always at the park playing hoop. And then, uh, we used to have, um, Oh, we played a lot of wiffle ball right on the corner, like in the intersection. Okay. Um, you know, oh, pause, you know, car coming. Yeah. Um, and then we had one kid that lived down the block, uh, the Downs family, Joel. He had a younger brother, but they had uh, their house. Basically, the whole thing covered. It was like basically two lots. OK, so what where what where one almost maybe even more maybe like two and a half lots it was the only house on the whole entire block like this so it was like this huge three-story building and then they had a uh like basically what could have easily have a whole entire house and a yard and a garage which was just grass and then they ended up yeah, and then we used to so we used to play a lot of little wiffle ball in his place. Then they put in like a little sand volleyball, so we would be down there. And I remember, man, Halloween, dude, they used to put together, they would change, they would convert their garage into a haunted house. Oh, cool. Yeah, man. So we would like, you know, we basically would work the haunted house. I remember I used to be the gorilla a lot. So <laughs> like you walk into this room and I'd have a gorilla mask on and I'd pull the light on and they would have like the bars would be like bamboo and i would like ah and then uh also the other one that was real cool is uh the patient on like this crazy doctor table so we would you put your leg in a hole on like a table so it looks like you're you know and he'd be like sawn it, it was just uh, yeah it's just trippy to like think about now right it's like yeah, man, yeah. we used to run out we used to run a haunted house and so there were uh we, we just we used to do a lot less stuff like that man it was you know it was crazy and so, so yeah i've been growing up and you know kind of you know being at the park it was the hangout man i mean the whole neighborhood uh would be down there i mean it's kind of where i got my nickname i was always hooping um it's how i actually got into football the uh the actual school that i went to didn't have a football team and then this kid moved a couple doors down from me and he was, you know, a little bit more on the nerdy side. Um, and he played and I was like, you play football? He was like, yeah, yeah. And it was another school in kind of what we would call, I mean, the same neighborhood, but it was another area of the neighborhood yeah. that had another school. But the closest park they had was our park. So that's where they practiced. So you know, I'd walk past and I'd see them, you know, and so it was uh, going into, let's see, my fifth grade year. I think he moved in maybe that year or the year before, whatever. And I was like, man, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do this. And so I, I played my fifth and sixth grade year. And so what they did, well, the way the football was, it was fifth and sixth graders and then it was seventh and eighth graders together. Okay. Well, I was playing so much basketball. I thought I was going to be a basketball player. And so I'll never forget, man, there was this one crazy coach on the seventh, eighth grade. I mean, crazy. He was the <laughs> wild, wild one. I'll never. So I didn't go out and play football my seventh grade year. Cause I thought I was going to be a basketball player. And I remember one time, you know, it was after school I was going up to the park to go hoop. 
and how much how much cursing can I do on here? <laughs> you can swear a lot. I have an exclusive. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm walking past. I'm walking yeah. past. But he like straight up, hey Docorio, you're a fucking pussy. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, I'm like seventh grade yeah. as a grown man. I was like, what the hell? And so uh, there was a, I think it was a high school coach. He kind of was like, you know, you really before my eighth grade year he was like, you really should think about going and playing football again. So he kind of talked me back into it. And then that kind of like, it did kind of strike my nerve, you know? And I was like, wait a second, did that just, you know? And so, you know, I was kind of, I didn't really grow up with a dad. I mean, I did, he was a weekend dad, but he wasn't like very, he was a very laid back kind of guy. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't like, you know, teaching me to be the dude. Um, (laughs) You know, so I was, I definitely had some timidness. I mean, I grew up in a, in a female household. It was, you know, my mom, my grandma and my sister and my aunt for a minute. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, man, a little bit part of me was like, wait a second, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I think he was a big part of why I went and he was basically, he wanted me to get back into it because of my size. And then obviously he can naturally pull me into the high school. And so, uh, yeah, man, I went out and played my eighth grade year and, you know, I, I was, I was pretty good at it, obviously. And that's kind of led me to how, why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> if you uh, think about it, it was all cause of that coach, Rude. <laughs> it happened. Well, I'm glad I didn't, I didn't get goaded into something like that wrestling. Um, I had a coach that kind of did that was like, I got hurt and he's like, just tape it up and wrestle. And I'm like, wrestling's not that important to me. Like, to do, I didn't get goaded into that one, but I mean, spade other sports, but I was like, no, 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 I don't think so. I think that's a terrible mistake to do, but you spoke of a nickname. I know it. And I think I might know the story, but I, I, I want to hear how you got your nickname. Um, I'll throw in there. The one other thing that we yeah. got into, I got into skateboarding yeah. and that's, some, that, that'd be important because of what my main hobby is now. But uh, yeah, man, it was, I remember the, uh, I don't know. God, I can't. I think it's rad. Uh, yeah. Or no, yeah. is that the bike? Is that bikes? That's BMX was the movie rad. Oh man. I can't remember what Clean it was. Anyways, <laughs> maybe um, whatever, whatever one had, uh, one of the, the guy, the actor or the characters on the show or the movie, his name was Bozo. And I was the Bozo of the, of okay. our little skate crew because I was the least skilled at it, <laughs> but I loved it. Like, and bro, we would, I, you know, even at the time, but looking back at it now, the, the distance that we would oh, yeah. cover on our skateboard was insane. Like people wouldn't barely want to drive their car that, but you know what I mean? It was just yeah. wild. Some of the stuff we used to do, but it was like, yeah, man, let's just go on this venture and just kick and push till we can't kick and push no more. So, um, yeah, the nickname milk, um, that's where it started. South side of Chicago. I mean, I was, I was the tall white kid, predominant Mexican neighborhood. Um, so naturally people just like, you drink a lot of milk, you drink a lot of milk. And then I remember, uh, I met this dude named Javi and he had asked me, he was like, man, you drink a lot of milk dog. And I was like, yeah, man. Um, actually I kind of do. <laughs> and so I want to, I'm kind of remember it was like around new year's and then I want to say like that following like springish summer, that same park, um, 
we were hooping and we would hoop like there was a lot of gang like there was you know my neighborhood had like one particular gang um a lot of my friends were all you know into that and so we would play like games against like other gangs that were friendly uh or you know allowed in our neighborhood um so we would play games against them and we had this other uh uh, Spanish family that would come to the park like almost every Sunday and they'd had this huge cookout man there'd be like 40 people in this family man they used to do it big and so uh um you know we play against them and we you know we were little hood kids and we play for 40s and stuff like that and I remember we were playing and Javi was watching and I was a pretty good hooper especially at that time and uh you know we had at that time Carl Malone from the Utah Jazz and they, you know, he was kind of a, he was kind of a rival for, you know, at that time, the Jordan era and the bulls and all that. So yeah, we were hooping and my buddy Javi, this is kind of, this is the, I just remember this is kind of like being where it's stuck. Um, we were hooping and I was you know having a good game and Javi was like, man, we don't need the mailman. We got the milk, man. We got the milk, man. There you go. And just from there, dude, I was like, man, I want to say I was like 12. So eighth grade, freshman year or something like that. So, yeah. yeah, man, obviously, I mean, it was to the point where, you know, if people called the house because, you know, we didn't have cell phones back oh, then, yeah. but uh, people called the house and they'd ask for milk because they didn't know. Most people don't didn't know my real name. And I even yep. say to this day, man, like I'd say probably half the people in my life that I've met legitimately do not know my real name. <laughs> You know, so I kind of get a hard time when I introduce myself that way, you know, especially, you know, being early 40s. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, is it, you know, and I and when I do it behind the bar, I kind of have this whole little story and I mess with people, whatever. Oh, my parents are big hippies. I got this whole little skit that I go into. Um, But uh, I tell them after a while, I'm like, listen, you know, because they're like, no, what's your real name? I said, listen, I'll, I'll explain it this way. Like legitimately half the people in my life do not know my real name. Um, I, there was girls, there was a group of girls in uh, Wyoming that we used to party with. And uh, after they graduated, I remember I went down to Denver once to go hang out with them and I roll up. I known these girls for like six years and they were like, milk, you know what? We've known you for like six years. And none of us, there was like five of them. None of us legitimately do not know what your real name is. So yeah, man, it's just, uh, it started there. And then the way it traveled to Wyoming, um, well, I kind of made it part of my email address. Oh. And so people were like, what is your email? It's DA milk 67. What? And so, you know, once the football guys got a hold of it, then it just went from there. And then, you know, uh, when I moved down to Dallas, um, I didn't like to introduce myself that way because I didn't really have like somebody back me up. Right. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, people like, Oh, this guy nicknamed himself milk. That's pretty corny. <laughs> and then, uh, Christy Mackey was down here. She, when she worked for Pepsi and she was a big shot for the, in their marketing department. Like she did the whole, when the Super Bowl was here, she did the whole stadium. So, um, that was like my first year down here. Um, and I'll never forget. She, uh, we went, she, she's like, Hey man, I need a wingman. So I had to go to all these Super Bowl dinners and parties and right. kid rock. And we had like a limo, just me and her were cruising around Dallas. Like it was great, yeah. man. And so we were sitting at dinner at this Italian joint 
and there was like all these CEOs within Pepsi of like their um all their, their shipping department, this department, and blah, 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 blah. These are big wigs, man. These are not little, you know. And I remember she kept introducing me as milk. And I'm like, man, if she's introducing me to like these big dogs, you know what I mean? So I, I kind of I took it back over um down in Dallas or where I'm at now. And behind the bar, it's a natural, but I just once I kind of was able to lay down the story, people were like, oh man, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it spread real quick and it's just, you know, especially behind the bar. I mean, it's it was on my business card as as a GM. I mean, even within the company, I don't even know how the people knew what my real name was, but it was just it's always been milk. I understand it fully. Of course. <laughs> Rude as uh DJ Rude. There are little legit people out there that were like, I'm like, what's my real name? And they're like, DJ. And I'm like, okay, my parents <laughs> named me DJ, last name Rude. And then I became a DJ. And they were like, yeah. And I'm like, that is convenient. And the the different For ways sure. people would try to say my last name or think it was like like Rudy from uh uh Notre Dame stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, they were like, I thought your last name was like Rudiger or something, and I'm like, no, it's Flaskerud. And the way it's spelled, it's not even Flaskerud; it's Flaskerud. But ah. it's pronounced Flaskerud. Like Norwegians drop the e on the way over, but I don't know why, because it makes it hard for people to wrap around. They're like, oh, rude. And then like, people are like, are you a rude person? And I'm like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> And luckily I have people that back me up on that one and they're like, no, no, far from it. And I was like, okay, that's good. But like, it is interesting. Like you kind of like, oh, I'm Dan or I'm Justin and you're in a certain situation. And then the whole room just calls you your nickname. You're like, well, this is what my real name is, but the whole place is going to call me this. So I don't know how to introduce myself right now, but here you go. I just tell people, I'm like, listen, milk is a lot more fun than Dan. Oh I mean, yeah. You want to, you want to be basic Daniel. You want to, you want to hang out with milk. Like yeah. <laughs> it's that simple, man. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. And, and like, it was hard pressed. Cause when I called this podcast with my real name, I was like, people are going to know who I am. Like there's a lot of people just know me as rude. And then we'll, we'll talk here and we'll be like, yeah, rude, rude. And I'm like, yeah, it's good. Or they'll be like, and then they will say Justin and they don't say it with any sort of confidence. And I'm like, it's totally rude. It's okay. Or they yeah. see me in the streets and they're like, oh, I, maybe you've evolved from that. And I'm like, no, it's still tattooed on my arm. I haven't really changed anything about it. You can call me till the day I die. I have no problem with it. Yeah. I'll turn around a whole lot quicker than if I hear Justin because everybody's named Justin out there. So you're like, oh, yeah, right. Okay. Same. Yeah. yeah, that's why I say I'm like, you know, if you say Dan and I don't respond, don't uh, yeah. don't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that one. And I think I've told people the story, like you just said it from the South Side of Chicago, drinking milk. Because they're like, why does he have a nickname milk? And I'm like, well, he's 6'5". <laughs> how tall are you? 6'5"? Six, 6'4"? Six, uh, 6'4". Six, 6'4". Four. Six, four. And I was like, well, he's a whole lot taller than the community he grew up in and like sprouted up and yeah. first thing people think is you drink milk and they're like, Oh yeah. And I'm like, there you go. That's yeah. how you get a name like that. Um, so you spoke about, you thought you were going to basketball player and then you moved on to football. What? Okay. Clearly you're good at it. You got recruited Were you recruited all over the United States or was like Wyoming. I mean, how do you choose Wyoming um, from Chicago? Uh, no, nah, this, this is a pretty simple, yeah. like looking back at it now, it's a pretty simple story, man. Um, 
So unfortunately, I was kind of like you in school. I was always just kind of getting by. Yeah. Um, you know, it's something I definitely regret. I wish I would have done better, uh, even in high school. Oh, yeah. But um, I, I'll never forget that I walked out of summer school my junior after my junior year. And no, I walked out of summer school after my sophomore year. Yeah, I think it was my sophomore year and literally like the last day, my coach, one of my coaches, actually both my coaches played at the University of Wisconsin. Oh, wow. Wish I would have listened, man. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I don't think they were able to give me anything until then. And so I walk out the last day and he hands me a stack of letters from colleges. And I was like, what the hell? You know, I'm, I'm a yeah. South side, like just trying to stay out of the gangs and I never really got into drugs in high school. I mean, I always drank, but, uh, it just, cause I, it, it, it took me aback. I could, I could literally sit here and like, I can see the school. I can see my coach in front of me. I can see the whole thing so vividly. And I just remember him handing me the stack of letters and it was like, he was kind of like, I hope you can get this together. You have some opportunity here. And I yeah. was like, damn you know but it was kind of already too late that summer to really like kick it into gear i just i wouldn't listen as far as working out man so i was you know almost six four i was only like 225 um so you know going into my junior year um you know again i was a pretty solid player i was i've always been a grinder and a hustler and I always worked hard but i just i wouldn't listen on getting in the weight room so my junior year, man, on offense, I was fine, you know, because it's so much technique. And so it didn't really matter how big the guy was that I was going against. But, man, on defense, because I played both ways, um, I went up a couple up against a couple guys that were college-bound, and, man, I got pummeled a couple times, yeah. man. Especially teams would, like, you know, they would take their two biggest guys, and they'd always keep them together, regardless if they flipped from side to side. And uh, I want to say it was this school called De La Salle. They had these two dudes. Man, dude, I got I got pushed around hard. And it was just like that moment was my aha moment. I was like, bet. And so uh, I went into uh, – I wasn't going to play basketball that year. And um, no, I take that back. I was playing basketball. And I loved football so much that we used to play a lot of pickup football, like straight up okay. pickup, tackle. I oh. mean, it got rowdy. I mean, rowdy, rowdy. Same thing, like neighborhoods against neighborhoods, gangs against gangs, all this crazy stuff. And I remember it was Thanksgiving, my junior year, and we were supposed to leave the following day for a basketball tournament. And, um, you know, I was, again – uh, and I played with some really good basketball players. I mean, I played with uh, three Division One basketball players. And I'm talking Western Kentucky when Western Kentucky got rebuilt and became a contender. Wow. It was the, Lamp the Lampley brothers. And then his younger brother, he was actually – he went to Cal. And he was a sophomore Pac-10 player of the year, like – they had two older brothers that were playing in Europe. They were just, they were tall and talented. Right. Um, and then uh, the coach's son, Larry, 
really good ball players. But they, I was still like, I, even as a junior, I was a kind of an important integral part. You know, I can get down there and get rough with people, that type of stuff. So anyways, I go out to play this uh, pickup game of football, and I didn't know it at the time. I tore my ACL. Oh. Uh, yeah, man, I had these weird cleats, stepped in some mud while I was tackling a guy, and my knee twisted, and man, dude, I couldn't, I couldn't barely get up. And by the time I got home, my knee was a balloon. And so uh, I had tore like 75% of my ACL at the time, for whatever reason, reconstruction. I mean, I guess, how do you reconstruct a a partially torn, but it was never even suggested. And obviously, you know, my mom didn't know any better. My dad wasn't into it. He didn't know any better. We didn't never. So um, yeah, I, that, killed the rest of i remember having to make that call to my my cook my basketball coach oh boy oh yeah he he was pissed you know <laughs> and he's that he's that old school black guy so he let me have it like i was a son i mean just tore me up on the phone man it was great um but so yeah man i went into my uh so when i got better i got in the weight room and I put it on, man. I went from 225 to 260, 265. And I was just a terror my senior year. Like, they, no team would, would do, like, a straight five-step drop against me. I put one quarterback out, broke his ribs. That They tried to. Um, everything was a rollout. I played left defense to end. Obviously, offense, I mean, forget about it. Like, nobody was doing anything. But even on defense, man, I, I was all over the field. Um, and I was so big and for that, you know, for that time. And, and as a senior, I was 265, 260 and pretty, you know, fairly athletic, man. So I would bring it. And so, uh, at that time, man, I remember like big 10 schools, especially the rebuilding schools, they'd come in and they would think, you know, they see me on film. Uh, we don't know if he's big enough. And then I, you know, especially, Cause after football season, when recruiting, I mean, I kept lifting, I was playing basketball, but I kept lifting and I wasn't even going to play my senior year. Cause I was like, Nope, I'm back in the gym. And yeah. I had like a couple of the coaches that were like, Hey man, you really should, you know, really consider, you know, keep hooping. It's really good for your footwork. And it actually was. So yeah. when coaches would come in, they, they'd come to my basketball practice and they'd see me moving on the court and they'd be like, damn. Okay. Like, but they were all worried about me being undersized. So, uh, you know, I was a tweener for even rebuilding big 10 schools. Um, so they weren't like, you know, I was like their second, third choice. I remember, you know, I was talking to like Purdue, Iowa, Iowa state, Michigan state. Um, and then, so what happened was, uh, coach Spack, who was the oh, defensive yeah. coordinator. I well, him. Did you? Nice. Yeah, back in college. Yeah, yeah, I did. Nice. Yeah, so he was on the Purdue staff, and he ended up with Wyoming. Well, he took me as a recruit. So when he got to Wyoming, he said, hey, man, I've been recruiting this kid out of Chicago. And so I got on the – that's how I ended up on the Wyoming recruiting board. Uh So um, I didn't – like I said, I was such a tweener. And I mean, my grades especially probably didn't help at the time um, that you get five visits in college and I only took two. And so what happened was I went out to Wyoming and 
they, uh, on the last day, my coach or my recruit coach was like, Hey man, they really want this other kid. Uh, and that's kind of, you know, where your, your offer is pending. I said, all right, cool. So I got back, I told my coach, so he called a couple of the state schools and again, the, I keep bringing up the tweener thing, you know, the 1A schools in Illinois, they were like, he's too good of a player for us. Like they knew that I didn't belong at a one double A or that I had the potential at being one A. Um, so it was like, man, well now we got to find somewhere to go. So I ended up taking a trip to, uh, I think it was Eastern Illinois state or something like that. Can't even remember. Yeah. So I went down, um, you know, and even at the time, man, I didn't really know any better and I had no guidance because my dad didn't know any better. I mean, he was like, yeah. <laughs> he, he was always funny when he tried to give me football advice. <laughs> um, but so yeah, man, I came back, they offered, but the best they can do was a partial scholarship. And then, so, um, it was like, I want to say it was like the week of signing week. Uh, I was in basketball practice and, uh, one of the office attendants came like, Hey, you got a phone call. And so jumped on the phone and it was Wyoming and they were like, Hey, we'd like to offer you a scholarship. Blah blah blah. blah. This was funny. <laughs> I played all, I tried to play all hard to get. I knew right away. I'm like, this is my best opportunity. Once I kind of started to catch on, like, oh, okay, 2A, 1A, blah, 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 blah. Um, I was like, this is my best opportunity to play at the highest level of what I have in front of me. So on the phone, I was like, well, it was, uh, I want to say it was my sister's birthday was like the following day or that maybe even that night. I can't remember. I was like, well, I'm going to be with my family. I got to talk to my family first. I knew right away. So, you know, we was at the birthday and I told everybody, I was like, hey guys, I got this offer from Wyoming. This is what I'm going to end up doing. And so they actually called me while I was at my sister's. And I remember taking the offer and, you know, signing day was a couple of days later and doing that whole little thing at school and stuff. So, oh. yeah, man, that's kind of how it all worked out, man. Just a, a coach from Purdue ended up at Wyoming and it was my best, it was my best opportunity, man. I mean, um, you know, the, the small, you know, being out, it, it was a relief for me because I was kind of, you know, just getting out of Chicago was cool. Yeah. You know, um, you know, a lot of people were kind of homesick, but for me, I was like, man, I could walk around and I don't have to look over my shoulder and, you know, all the other bulls, the BS that kind of goes with, you know, growing up on the South side of Chicago. Um, so yeah, man, that's how I ended up out of Wyoming. So what was your first impression? Okay. You probably came in a, a nice visit during the nice weather. Uh, what was your first impression of your first year in Laramie, Wyoming from Chicago? Uh, well, I mean, again, I mean, it, it, it was obviously it was just totally different. Yeah. You know, being in such a small town, um, you know, but for me, it was, it was an opportunity, man. You know, two years prior, I, I, I would have never fathomed that, you know, even, you know, having, yeah, I just, I, it was just an opportunity, you know, yeah. kind of, you know, I, I'm not going to say poor, but, you know, like my single family, you know, single mom, she was more preoccupied with partying and, you know, working in the bar scene. I mean, I'd go weeks without seeing her, that type of stuff. And wow. so for me, it was just like, Hey man, I'm, I'm, I'm not in the environment that I grew up in. 
So I'm totally cool with it. It yeah. was like, I, like I said, I don't think I can't recall one single time I was, I ever got homesick. That's like good. I remember the guys around me saying it and like, you know, kind of breaking down when they talked to their family, but that just wasn't it for me, man. I just, you know, I was just like, Hey, whatever. I'm just out here trying to do my thing. Um, so yeah, man, it was, you know, it was small. It was, it was kind of crazy. It was trippy, you know? Um, you know, I remember driving up that first time from Denver, it was me and Kobe Shuck because we both played, yeah. we both played basketball. Yeah. So we didn't come in until Saturday morning. Everybody else showed it. We got in on Fridays because we, you know, in Chicago, we play basketball on Fridays, Friday nights. So, you know, me and Kofi were on the same bus and <laughs> I'll never forget. This is hysterical. They dropped us off at the hotel and they're like, Hey, be back in the lobby at blah, 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 blah. So me and Kofi are sharing a room and we're just chopping it up, you know, just getting to know each other. And next thing you know, the phone's ringing. Hey, where are you guys at? We're like, we're in our room, but we both fell asleep because wow. we played the night before, you know, we probably hung out afterwards and had this early flight and traveled. And so, yeah, we, I remember walking in and uh, it was our, the, like the dinner they would have up in the press box and we walk in, you know, late or whatever. And so everybody's kind of looking at us like, who are these two dudes? You know, that kind of, you know, there's some ego going around, but uh, yeah, man, as far as reporting, it was like, I don't know, it was just a venture, man. Yeah. So you know, it was, it was completely different, but like I said, I think there was just so much relief of not having to do with all the BS. I mean, I, I had my, I had my house shot up. Oh, I had yeah. somebody literally shot in my house, you know, yeah. uh, you know, everybody was always packing. Like it was that kind of, kind of crazy. Like I took a friend back and he was like, man, I expected it to be like, you know the images you see on tv like detroit like burnt <laughs> buildings and all this stuff and i was like yeah i know it looks like an okay neighborhood but I'm telling you man it's it was wild it was just you know wild stuff man especially for me because i was the party house and uh -huh. so i was automatically guilty by association i would always have all these people that's why my house got shot up because they thought i was running with them and blah blah blah, wow. blah. so again man I, for me, it was just, there was so much relief of not having to deal with that, that everything, I was just like, cool, whatever. I mean, this is, this is really, really different, but hey, man. So yeah, the impression I was like, no, I'm, 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 I'm here to check it out, see what's going on. I did not love Laramie when I moved here when I was 13 and sports were my way out. So uh, I did get recruited for football, but every time like a coach, would get me in person. He'd be like, oh, I thought you were taller. And I'm like, I didn't think my cleats made me that much taller. <laughs> and they're like, here would be your teammates. And I'm like, they're all as tall as you. And I was like, ah, this is probably not going to work. I mean, I'll get, yeah. I get wrong, but I just couldn't want to have the leverage. And yeah. I realized that real quickly. I was like, I'm not, I didn't play against anything like that. A few guys here and there along the way in Wyoming, but nothing like that. And so the University of Wyoming, I was like, well, I have a Wyoming diploma. He got in automatically. Uh, it was time to use my brain. And it yeah. was weird. And um, I'd only lived in Laramie for five years. And so, like, I wasn't even, like, a pro, like, go UW kind of guy. I was still Oregon-based in all my sports and all college. I'm sure I wore Oregon Duck stuff all the time. Uh, it took yeah. a good few years um, to actually be around Wyoming sports because I worked in broadcasting and cameras and stuff. 
to be like, well, I'm around all these guys. I might as well be a cheering section over here. Are you all right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm around. And then eventually had college football roommates. And they were interesting because most of them, I think we're all from Cali, except maybe Shane. And they were like, we're just here to play football halftime and get out. Like Walwork, Davis, Demetri. Yeah. Shane was a brainiac. So like it worked out for him. Like he yeah. was on the on, like all academic teams and stuff like that. I can't remember where he's from exactly. I want to say like Minnesota, but I'm not. Minnesota. Minnesota, correct. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so, but, and seeing all that going, I made a good decision not to play football because those guys are gigantic and two of them yeah. are quarterbacks. Like, yeah. That is, this is right. Not be able to hang out there. And I saw enough practices and walk-ons and stuff. And I was like, yep, I like partying, growing my hair long. Like I was like, this college thing, it took me a little extra time to get done, but eventually I became like super Wyoming guy. And uh, more or less when I came back, when I moved back from New York, um, I definitely was like, I'm going to do things differently this time around. And so like, got season tickets, all this stuff. It's like, cause I didn't get to enjoy all the games. I was working on the sidelines. So I was like, Oh, we won. I swear the year 10 and two, I had no idea we we're undefeated probably for the longest time. And I was like, Oh, oh okay. You know, I'm just like, yeah, don't talk about it. That's what don't talk about it. We're you know, keep winning. And yeah. so it was, it was interesting uh, to be all around that and, and be in the media and have friends on the teams and all these sports but yet not one media person ever asked me what's the inside dirt because our school was small enough that they knew I'd be like, Oh, they're all outstanding, wonderful people. And if I indict them, I indict myself. Right. So I'm not saying shit like nothing. Yeah. You know, I saw it all. <laughs> I was saying shit like no way. By, like, by all you mean nothing. <laughs> yes, all of the goodness that was done. Church. Church. church watching right. movies every friday night went to the movie film film yeah. no film yes film <laughs> like all that yes oh yeah they, i mean it was some some interesting memories i had being very close to those teams and such yeah for sure okay um and so you came to laramie you didn't leave for a long time yeah right you stuck around um what was what got you out of laramie um well i mean you know what stuck me there is unfortunately i you know had my couple dui run-ins so my whole license issue in the state of illinois i mean that was just ugh. so it was kind of hard to get mobile and so you know i started uh working at brown and gold and bartending and i was like cool you know, just kind of chill with this but uh i ended up moving back to northwest indiana which is really close to chicago my brother-in-law had started a demolition company he had been you know asking and asking and asking me to come back and work for him uh kind of be like the book person you know track all the money etc cetera, etc cetera. my mom had got really sick um so i didn't kind of it was kind of a two-way you know my sister at the time had i think she already had five kids at least four yeah so you know, it was kind of like, man, I don't want that whole burden to be on her trying to take care of my mom and hospital. I mean, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, doctor visits and all that type yeah. of stuff. So I was just like, man, you know, between the two, I just, I, you know, it's, it's the play. It's what I need to do. 
so yeah, man, that's kind of what took me back was, uh, you know, working for my brother-in-law and trying to help out, take care of my mom. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to gloss over your football career like that. Cause I've known, oh, you no, it's all so good. <laughs> I've known you beyond football. Yeah. And so like, I'm like, um, any accolades, all whack, all mountain West, anything like it was, uh, West, it was whack, right? Uh, so my junior year, I think was the whack. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I was, uh, I was honorable mention at left guard. Um, you know, going into my senior year, I started at left guard. Uh, I mean, I wish as far as back as, you know, my junior year, I was playing center. So what ended up happening is uh, I started the year, my senior year, and I was, you know, preseason, pretty sure I was preseason first team Mountain West uh, in our division. No, wait. No, we didn't have the two divisions. Oh, okay. That with the Mountain West was just one. Um, uh, preseason first team at left guard. And so second game of the year, uh, starting center went down. And I was the backup, so I shifted over. Would have just been better. Uh, we call that Tennessee game. Uh, you know, we played in front of, I think it was 104, 105. It was a, it, they set an attendance record. They had just come off their national championship, and we were their opening game. Wow. That was insanity. Like, I, I can't, I, again, I can remember sitting there laying on the field during pregame, stretching and looking up, and it's just, it feels like these people are on top of you. It was wow. wild. Um, and so, you know, here I am at left guard trying to make the calls. My The right guard can barely hear me, let alone the right tackle. And so uh, it just it didn't work out very well. And so, yeah, like I said, I ended up moving over to center and we just functioned way better. It was so much easier for me to make calls. Uh, I can conduct, you know, I did a lot of conducting as a center, man, you're calling a lot of stuff. You're seeing a lot of stuff. You're telling the quarterback like, yo, you should probably check out of this change audible, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I ended up at, uh, I was second team all conference at center, Oh, nice. which was still cool for me. I was still really proud of that. Obviously changing positions and unless the, the preseason first team, uh, center for the whoever it was, I can't remember who it was, you know, unless he had an absolute shit year or got hurt, you know, there's no real way you're probably going to take that over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, man, I mean, uh, I had, uh, did my little shot at the league. Um, I had an agent actually the coolest thing about all that. There's a rule in college that, uh, you can work out for the professional team from your home state at their facility. Everyone else has to come to where you're at or neutral location. So I was, no, actually, I don't even think, it, yeah, it could be maybe neutral, but other than that, they had to come to where you're at. So the bears hit me up and they're like, Hey man, would really like you to come out? And I'm like, oh, man, I can't, I just can't swing. It's like, I can't do the travel, the money, the, you know, all that stuff. And they called me again. They're like, hey, are you sure you can't make it out? We'd really like you to come out. And I was like, let me make a phone call. And asking my dad for money was one of the hardest things in the world. It is. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, hey, pops. You know, the only thing that probably got me there was we were such big Bear fans. There you go. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, hey, pops, like, 
Uh, it's called Hallis Hall. He's one of the, the uh, most historic Bears coaches. Yeah. And so I was like, hey, man, Chicago wants me to come out and come work out. Um, I can't guarantee anything's going to come from it, but, I mean, they called me twice. It's not like it was just one time. Like, they really want me to come out. I was like, but I need some help on the travel. So he ended up flying me out. So that was really cool. Um, and for the most part, I was pretty prepared, uh, much more prepared than some of the other players. But I remember the we did this some particular offensive line drills that I was like, damn, this is I'd never come across this. <laughs> and it was a lot of like hand placement leverage type shit. I was like, man, I, and I remember not doing that well on everything else. I, I mean, all the testing I, I, I was, you know, I'd say upper 25% on most stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I, lo and behold, and we were, we were pretty uh, honest with ourselves. I, I said me and my agent, um, you know, we were just looking maybe late, like last round or two, more yeah. than likely free agent. You know, once the draft is over, you automatically became an, a free agent. We were just looking for an opportunity, which is like, hey, let's just get into a camp. Um, but, uh, man, the ghost of my, my right knee, that stupid Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. They, you know, it ended up, uh, so even, you know, after the draft was over all summer, like he even came out once or twice. He was like, Hey man, make sure you stay in shape going all the way into season. So man, I kept, my weight was still up. I was still floating at 290. I was working out like, you know what I mean? Um, and I remember like fine. And he, I, the beginning of the season, you know, NFL starts that year that was 2000 and, you know, obviously guys are getting hurt and camp and all this other stuff. And he's like, Hey, your name's still floating around there. You got this, you got that. And, uh, finally like that October, cause he wouldn't, he's like, I'm not signing you into arena ball. Arena ball was pretty big at the time. There was actually oh, yeah. like two different arenas. Okay. And he was like, he's like, even the, the higher arena was like maybe a thousand a game. He's like, bro, I'm not putting you out there for a thousand a game to risk your neck. Like, it's just yeah. not worth it. I was like, I oh, I'll go with you. You know, cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, I remember that October. He was like, hey, man, it's, it's time to call it a wrap, brother. He was like, too many teams are too worried about your knee. They know how bad, like, they know what you got going on. They know you don't have a full ACL because obviously if I go into their camp or their practice and I tear the rest of that knee up, it's on their dime Yeah, and totally makes sense. I mean, yeah. hell, you know, that Jeff Boyle, the, the, the beast, oh, yeah. you know, he got his, he got his leg tore up in camp, um, you know, and there, we all thought that, thought that guy was superhuman and he was, yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, it just kind of goes to show. And I remember like even Steve Cyphers, you know, he, he played, you know, yeah. and he was, he floated around for a couple of years, but that guy was the God. Yeah. I mean, literally the God, like, and so for a guy like that to quote unquote, barely make it, you know, I think he, you know, maybe with Dallas for a couple of years and floated around a little bit, but, you know, kind of looking back at it now, it just, it really makes you realize how much the NFL is on another level oh yeah like, you get up there so um you know i obviously i wish i would have been able to get in but again I, I between running that drill 
and kind of the way the coach was able to kind of like get me off my feet. I was like, Oh shit, I know what this is. You know what I mean? It kind of, and then, you know, obviously just, you know, Cypher's Goldberg. I mean, Goldberg was a freak. I mean, that dude was yeah. six, seven. Couldn't, I think he could like three sixty dunk. I mean, Jeez. that dude was a, a, yeah. a phenomenal athlete and kind of the same thing. Like, yeah, he got some play and he floated around for a couple of years, but still for the most part, you know, it just goes to show, man, NFL is just, it's, it's another level up there. So, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah, man. Um, that, is, that, is, that was kind of how the whole NFL thing happened. And then, yeah. Well, it was, you know, back then we were always like, Oh, where's that one Wyoming guy in the NFL? Now there's like 10. It's so yeah. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Like the current coaching staff has produced some, some long-term players in the NFL. It seems like. Yeah, man. And you know, that was the other thing. I don't, I'll never like point my finger at it, but we definitely didn't get any help because the, my senior year is when they, when uh, demo left. Oh yeah. So the, the coaching regime kind of changed. So they didn't really, I remember I, I, I vivid or specifically remember this. We were supposed to have an, have an NFL tryout and no, no NFL scouts showed up and my agent, had, my agent was from uh, Florida, Tampa, I believe. And uh, he flew all the way up and he was like, dude, what the fuck is going on? I had to walk out into spring practice and approach one of the coaches and be like, yo, man, what the fuck is going on? And it was kind of like, I don't know, they're supposed to be here type deal. And it was like, whoa, like kind of that same situation of how we didn't make a bowl game. Yeah. When they, when they, when they, when uh, Coach Tiller, left to Purdue, you know, cause he had, it's like, how do we go 10 and two and not make a bowl game? Yeah. Right. And it was a lot of like that politic type stuff. And it's kind of the same way. So I got a little bit caught up on that. Yeah. It could have got a little more exposure, but still at the end of the day, like they knew I had a bad knee and I get it. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's one of those things, man. It's just like, damn, I wish if I could have just not played that pickup game, you know, thing. <laughs> But, you know, that's uh, I guess that's what makes it tough now. Like, you know, I've got a couple teenage boys, my nephews, and I keep trying to tell them and I see the same thing, you know, the same thing that I mean, I had I thinking about I had two D1 coaches. And but again, I couldn't here. I am some inner city kid. It just it doesn't make any sense to me, especially at that time. You know, it wasn't like nowadays where like you're exposed to let's get to college when you're like in pop Warner. <laughs> yeah. So I had a pretty good ski wreck my senior year racing. And <clears throat> my moment when I went down going, this could ruin any shot at football right now. Like, yeah, luckily I rehabbed and, and there's my knee and ankle got pretty tore up, but nothing torn, nothing, but it was, I rehabbed hard and got back to skiing too quick. And so never really could have trusted my knee and ankle probably for a yeah. whole year. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot of stuff on it. Um, but yeah, in my head going, this could ruin it all, but I'm an athlete and I want to compete. And that was probably where my head was at. Like, yes. So I understand that pickup game. You're an athlete. You want to compete. Yeah. You're yeah. not thinking about the future of, of what it could Hell be. No. 
And next thing, yeah, it's done. It's not, I'm glad I don't have any major injuries like that. I'm constantly like going, I know if I skied now, I'd probably tear a knee up. So trying yeah. to stay away from that. It's more body maintenance, trying to maintain yeah. these days. Yeah. Uh, our, well, I'm a little bit older than you, our age. I hear you. Um, so back to, you went back to Indiana, help out with your mom and, and sister and, and everything. Then the, then what got you to do? Now you're in Texas. I know I'm probably skipping a bunch, but no, not really, man. You ain't skipping too much. Uh, you know, I spent like four years there. Um, man, talk about a learning experience. Uh, you know, working for my brother-in-law, and man, I remember the <laughs> the first day they kind of they handed me the books, and when I mean books, I mean like recording stuff in a check ledger uh. for like we're talking big, big money here too. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, and I'm talking like, I'm not talking demolition, like houses. I'm talking demolition, like big stuff, bridges. My, my brother-in-law had a, a very extensive, uh, um, experience in big time demo. I'm talking like the company he was with and he was the main guy, uh, when they did soldier field in Chicago, oh, wow. Uh, there was a crane collapse when they were building, I think, the Brewer Stadium back in the day. He went up there and cleaned all that up. Uh, I think he did actually like the old Eagle Stadium, if I'm not mistaken. Like some big, big vet. stuff. What's that? I think the vet. I only know it yeah, from I, Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I, I think. I don't want to speak too out of context, but I do know like they would, he would, he would end up. That's how it all started because he would always be the main guy and they kept getting this. They were going after stuff out of state and he'd be away from his family. And it got to the point where, um, he told his boss, he's like, man, I'm not traveling no more. And they got into a, a spat and, you know, they eventually got him out. Um, and so, sorry, my phone was going a little dead. Uh, um, so yeah, that's how we ended up starting it. But yeah, man, the second I walk in, it was pretty much already upside down. Oh, and so we literally, it was four years of, you know, stealing from Peter to pay Paul. Uh, it was tough, man. It was real tough. So I just got to a point where, you know, we started, uh, you know, borrowing money from the wrong type of people type stuff. And I was like, oh, no. I didn't sign, I didn't sign up for this. No. Um, so, you know, I just kind of had to step away, man. Um, and actually, it was CFD Frontier Days, uh, two thousand nine, and uh, yeah, man, I was supposed to be a three day trip, end up being a ten day trip. Like the first night I was there, I tore my knee up, uh, just like a big cut. Yeah, I still have the scars. I tell the story, and um, and I was sitting on the patio. It was literally the my I got in like uh, Thursday evening cut it up that night went to the uh urgent care the following day got like i don't know 25 stitches or something crazy Dang. uh yeah this corona bottle tore me me and a buddy were wrestling me and meeker nice. wrestling and uh we uh so this bottle tore me up so i had to go in and get all these stitches and um i don't know if you ever knew uh, a girl named laura westling uh i was hanging out with her and her uh, her parents lived in Cheyenne. So we're sitting on the patio and, uh, the girls were getting ready to go downtown. 
And her dad was like, no, you're going to hold down the patio with me, have some whiskey. And I'm like, let's do this. And it was like this perfect, beautiful day. Um, I had a pain pill in me and I'm like lounged back on this chair and I'm sipping on the whiskey. We, I don't know, he might've had a little country or something, whatever. Not that it's all like quite my jam, but I just remember sitting back and looking up at the blue sky. And I was like, why am I going to go back to that? Like, it's, yeah. I'm just, I'm over it. I'm so over it. So text my, we were at the beer tent that night and I text my sister and I was like, Hey man. And it was a rhetorical statement. I was like, I hope, I hope you don't mind taking care of my dog. And we, we lived there and my dog was the lowest maintenance dog ever. All you had to do was open the door for him. He'll come home when he wants to come home. He'll, he's going to protect all. It was just, it was, a, it was just my way of saying, Hey, I'm not coming back on Sunday. And so, uh, yeah, man, I'll never forget. My brother-in-law thought it was because I had injured my knee and it was like, no, that's not it. I'm not going back because I don't want to, because I'm so tired of what I'm dealing with. So, uh, yeah, man, that carried on for, for a bit. Um, try to make it work and do a couple other things. And I was just like, All right, this is it. Like I said, the, the, when we started borrowing money from the wrong people, I was like, nah, I didn't sign up for this. So, uh, I remember I, I told my brother-in-law, I was like, Hey man, put in my two weeks. And after a week I showed up and the money collector was at the, at our, at the plate, at our place of work. <laughs> and I was like, Nope, I've already <laughs> dealt with this enough turned around and I was like, not going back, man. So, uh, yeah, man, I, uh, you know, this was end of 09, beginning of 2010. Obviously we were still coming out of the whole housing economic crash. So trying to, you know, go anywhere. And at that point, you know, I had, uh, I had experienced, uh, cable park wakeboarding. Um, and I was big into wakeboarding already. I just, I knew it was my, I knew it was what I loved. Uh, growing up on Lake Michigan and water and all that type of stuff. I had been exposed to it a little bit while I was still in Wyoming, went to a cable park in Cincinnati. And ever since then, I was like, this is my jam. I got to move somewhere where a it's warm and B I can wakeboard and see where there's going to be a cable park. So I was looking at Tampa, Orlando. And then at the time, a couple parks were just starting to pop up in, in the DFW area. And so, uh, I'd met this girl at a, a wedding in uh, it's called the Washington Island, Wisconsin. And so she married uh, her girlfriend married uh, Tracy from oh, okay. Green River. Yeah. Yeah. It was his wedding. Yeah. And so she lived in Dallas. So she said, Hey man, you know, we talked a bunch and kept in touch. She's like, you should come down here and check it out. So I came down that year for Halloween and I was like, Oh yeah, that's cool. Whatever. And then, uh, basically long story short, man, I got into a grad school that I didn't have to take my GMAT. Oh. And that was a big thing for me. I was out of school for 10 years. I didn't want to take the test. And basically what I did is I leveraged, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I couldn't find any work. It didn't matter if it was Indiana or Florida. Like I had friends trying to hook me up at like YMCA's, like the front desk for anything. I just wanted anything. And so, you know, trying to do that from a thousand miles away was difficult. So I got into grad school and I was like, screw it. I'm just going to live off the student loan till I get it figured out. I just knew I wanted out. And yeah. So uh, I talked to a lady at the University of Dallas and she was like, man, I think you can get in without having to take the test. 
She's like, it's like 70 bucks, 75 bucks to apply. I was like, cool. Did the application. I got accepted. Turn around right away. I put in my student loan application. The second that got accepted, the next day I told my sister, I was like, yo, I'm out. She was like, well, I knew you were working on something, but like that quick. I was like, yes, that quick. I was like, I start school in May. It was late March. I literally like packed up a truck, started driving, stopped in St. Louis for a couple of days, seen uh, that girl, Laura, hung out there. She was a basketball coach and I'll never forget it, man. I was starting to get real nervous because like I didn't quite have a place to stay the girl that i met in wisconsin i was going to crash her couch but she had a roommate and i didn't really know her and i'm like eh, i don't know and so i was kind of getting really nervous and i remember telling my my friend laura i was like laura i ain't gonna lie man i don't know what the hell i'm doing and i'll never forget it man she goes milk you're doing what most people say they want to do and i was yeah. like you're right you're right. Like, that's just, that's all I needed to hear. And so, yeah, man, things like just started kind of falling together. And I mean, God, that the whole first three months in Dallas is pretty interesting, man. But um, yeah, man. So that's, uh, I just, I had to get out. And honestly, it was wakeboarding kind of gave me the direction. And uh, grad school was the, the end to the, no, the means, the means to the end, gotcha. you know, that's basically what I did. I just, you know, I took out more than I needed and I was like, screw it. I was like, I don't care. I just, I knew I wanted to get out of that environment and I just wanted to kind of live. And so, you know, that first year down here, man, I, I lived it up, dude. I was doing just grad school and wakeboarding and that was it, dude. It was, it was fantastic. And then I started bartending and uh, yeah, man, that's how, that's how I ended up down in Dallas. I couldn't, I have not, the only time I've not worked in my adult life is the month between leaving New York and then getting a job at the University of Wyoming. Um, and I partied it up because I was recently divorced. I moved back to Laramie. And this goes into my, probably my last question here is, uh, how did we meet? I ask everyone that one since the show is called All My Friends. Oh man, Robert and Ray? Yeah, right. For sure. I mean, I, you know, well, when did you come back from New York? 2003. Okay. So we probably bumped elbows when you were, I remember partying in, in the upstairs apartment. Oh, Wallworks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I remember. yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. There. Um, as I so when they, probably bumped elbows, but they first told me where they're like, we're going out to Bud's bar to see milk. And I'm like, who is milk? And they were like Dan Del Corio. And I was like, I know this name. I know this name. And I was like, they're like, yeah, he played football. And I was like, oh, yes, of course. And I was like, I know I've told you the story. I was like, oh, yeah, that guy was an ass clown. Like as a freshman, I was like, I was not into like his annex on the field was just goofy. And like yeah. I was going into it going, oh, great. Turns out milk, great dude, Dan Del Corio, <laughs> whatever. And yeah, it, it took me a little time to grow into, and I know that like even, you know, the first, I even kind of look back at myself, freshman, sophomore year. Um, I was like, man, I was kind of a goofy bastard, but, um, again, man, I mean, my, I got over, I'll never forget our first, uh, spring season. Like 
coach tiller took us out to that we had a it was a legitimate snowstorm <laughs> yeah and i'll never forget me and kofi stood on the sideline and didn't get one single rep where we had got to the point they were i was like they better not call on us because i'm literally frozen stiff um you know because believe it or not i was the smallest one of the group yeah you know i do with those guys you know what yes. I mean? <laughs> yeah we talked about your weight tree mate yeah you know well my weight was there but i was still the you know the shortest one but oh uh, yeah you know for whatever reason man they didn't uh they didn't believe in me at the time but i just kept grinding man and you know i love my boys but you know there weren't too many people that were going to outwork me. And then, you know, and it showed, you know, I, I wasn't a, I wasn't a, a captain my senior year for no reason, you know, and even my, a, he was the quarterback coach, uh, uh, coach Knutson, rest in peace. Um, coach Knutson, he was my, he was my recruit coach and he believed in me a hundred percent. And it was funny because like when we would run sprints, during two days and everything, I'd always kind of like go off to the side and I would just kind of, you know, I'd be in, just running my zone, man. And he'd always come over there. He'd be like, keep grinding, bro. Keep grinding. Like you'll get your respect, man. Just keep grinding. So yeah, man, I just, you know, had to grind it out at that time, but. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I mean, it was, it was interesting. I mean, it was to, to, cause yeah, I was so hanging out with so all seniors. Going back to what you were saying. Yeah. yeah I was hanging out with all yeah, seniors I, and you were freshmen. Yeah. Yes, you yeah, did for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I know that also. Like, it's it's just funny how like a couple of years, like you turn around and you look at yourself, and you're like, "Oh, what the hell?" <laughs> like, really? You had a I had a a big wheel hanging in my room <laughs> when we lived in the bunk. Like, you know, just stuff like that, bro. It's you know, it's uh. I always say stuff like, and, you know, I am so yeah. fortunate, so fortunate to come from, you know, I'm this South side Chicago kid and I get imported into Wyoming and, but it, you know, it showed me a different part of the country oh, yeah. and yeah, as much as it sucked that, you know, I kind of had those DUI issues and I end up staying in Wyoming. I'm so thankful for that now because I got to meet like just normal people that weren't, you know, athletes. Yeah. And the people across the state of Wyoming, man, I just, obviously I just came back. You know what I mean? It's still, it's a place that I always go back to. And man, even frontier days, dude, like that specific event, me tearing up my knee that first night I was there wrestling around with a friend literally changed the trajectory of my life, you know? And so much so like, man, I moved a family of five down here. Like my sister is about to move. Like she just closed on a house. She's about to move oh, wow. into her own. Like yeah, man. She like the the my the circle of this whole thing is like coming close to a close as far as like everything that I did for my sister, helping her through a divorce, moving her down here, you know, wow. doing all this stuff, you know. And she's been able to progress and she's grinded it out. And now she's she's building a house for herself and her two youngest kids, you know. So. um, it was a, it, it, just to be able to, to get that kind of culture, you know what I mean? And that's what really what it is. You know, I come from, you know, a really urban place and then here I am in a very rural place. And, you know, I got to explore the state and Sturgis and all this other, you know, get to know Denver really well. And I mean, hell man, there's people in Denver that I consider my parents, 
You know, they, they, they walked me out for my senior game. Um, cause my parents weren't coming out for it, Man. you know? And I, I asked them, I'd spent like out of my 10 years in Laramie, in Laramie, I spent probably like eight of the Thanksgivings with them, probably four or five Easter's. My, it, it was Zach's parents, Zach Kider. Um, okay. you know, so his mom like literally still calls me her Chicago son, you know what yeah. I mean? And so awesome. the, the whole thing of that 10 years being out there, you know, just, uh, the call like I can never you know be thankful enough for just getting me out of the you know what I grew up with but like even going back you know a couple weekends ago it it you know obviously Laramie holds a special place in my heart but it still makes me realize like I'm where I'm supposed to be. Yeah you know I mean I, I love Texas. I hope I never have to leave Texas. <laughs> Uh, you know, I love it dearly, but, uh, yeah, man, it's been, uh, it's been an interesting ride, man, for sure. For sure. I, the university of Wyoming has saved my family lunch for say across the board. My stepdad got a job here. My mom worked here. I got a degree here. I now work at the university of Wyoming for a place that was never really sold on from the beginning. Um, I, I do love Wyoming. Um, I don't know if it's going to be the place I retire. I'd like a little bit of warmer weather and everything. Um, But it, I've experienced both coasts and um, in between is kind of nice. And I don't think I could live in any other town in Wyoming besides Laramie visiting places I like a lot. Um, But I don't think I could go back to Portland. It rains too much for me there. Um, Still have family and stuff like that. Never want to go back to New York unless I have millions of dollars. Um, and I like to visit, but I'm never living there again. I've learned my yeah. lesson on the East coast. Um, I almost moved to Dallas at one point in my life. My older sister lives down there and they had a production side of my brother-in-law's company that he was at. And so I was looked in, in that for a while, but yeah. it was at the beginning when I was here for like, I'm only going to be in Laramie for five years. Now it's year 18, own a house. Yeah. A girl, yeah. Like not yeah. really going anywhere anytime soon. Um, so I have to, I fully embrace it, you know, living here yeah. and, and everything and meeting a lot of people. Cause there's a lot of people in my life that are like, I never know you, you, you were a like super jock, like growing up in high school. Like you're such this music guy now. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's pretty cool. Or like, they're like, Oh, I just remember you as that yeah. mean football player in high school. And I was like, I wasn't mean. I was just <laughs> bigger than you. And I just, yeah. and that was about it. Like you, you projected me that way. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, it's, it's, I never thought a place yeah. like Wyoming would be such a home for me. Yeah. Um, considering gosh, the liberal upbringing I've had from being from the West Coast. Uh, yeah. But I, yeah, because I work in education and everything like that. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's cool that, to know that places like Laramie exist in, in Wyoming. And then you can meet great people beyond, because everybody's like, yeah. They look at you and they're like, probably like, oh, would you play football? Of course. You know, and you're like, yeah. yeah. Or you're just like, no, I came on a science scholarship. That's <laughs> don't assume that kind of stuff. Cause I knew some yeah. big dudes growing up and not a lot of them played sports. They just weren't yeah. coordinated and such. So I don't always try to assume. And where I'm at, I'm like, well, I just assume you're smart academic wise. If you're yeah. doing stuff at a college and such. Well, I got people. On my yeah, house but cir- to circle back, I guess to yeah. answer your question, it was Bud's Bar, bro. Bud's Bar, yeah, we met. <laughs> That's at Bud's how we bar. met. <laughs> There's so many greats watching playing 31 South Park. Like I, 
watching South Park there on Wednesdays led to watching <laughs> it, watching it at Lovejoy's and making it a drinking night at South That's Park. Great. And I mean, it made sure. me re like South Park again. I can't, I don't miss episodes. I'm such a big fan of it just because we turn around and be like, Oh, Chappelle was on then South Park. And we just watching that little, little tiny TV yeah. above yeah. the bathroom. I mean, it's Bud's bar. Yeah. People it's still, it's a fun bar. I haven't been back in ages, probably since maybe the new owners one time. Can't, can't believe I didn't make it, but oh well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got people in my house now. Yeah. So I gotta wrap this up, man. Yeah, I think we probably could do a total part two. Just about your adventures in, in Texas, your remodel, your jumping in pools. Yeah, there could be a part two to this. Let me know, brother. This is fun. Uh, all right. I dig it. Good times. Thank you, man. Thank you, brother. Folks. Milk's phone started to die at the end of the interview, so that connection started going in and out. Fuck. Technology, man. It's never perfect. I guess that's why I have a job. We could have talked longer and longer and gotten into his life, like I said, in Texas, but maybe that is a part two for season three. On to the next episode.